Hello and welcome to the 250, the podcast where we throw coins at old, miserable men. I'm Jonathan, and with me as always is my co-host, Douglas. How are you, Douglas? I'm good. I'm present. How are you? Oh, I'm just wonderful, Douglas. <laughs> this is your first time tuning into the 250. We have taken a snapshot of IMDb's top 250 movies of all time as of January 2020, and we've begun watching them from number 250 through to number one. In this podcast, we discuss our opinions, our thoughts, and our reactions to the movies within. Today's movie, number 156, is Warrior. Circumstances pull a father and his two estranged sons back together, chasing an illustrious mixed martial arts title, the two fighters and the very different paths they've taken through life clash violently. Warrior was directed by Gavin O'Connor, who I haven't really heard of before. Yeah, me either. He did The Accountant, Pride and Glory, don't know about those movies. And it was written by said Gavin, as well as Anthony Tambakis. Tambakis and Cliff Dorfman. Uh, neither Douglas nor I have seen this movie before. Yeah. What do you think of Warrior, Douglas? Ah, <laughs> this is definitely yeah. one of the the films that I wasn't. I didn't have any preconceptions on what it was going to be. So many people are being like Rocky wishes and being all like fucking talking about uh, the films follow trends right like in the cinema landscape they follow trends like we had a bunch of fucking westerns in like the 60s and 70s and like prior to that we had I want to say like romance films and like big sweeping spectacly kind of films right now we're in a superhero thing that's like what the cinema landscape is kind of primarily I made up wow, of I really hadn't thought about that but it's probably going to shift in like 10, 10 yeah, years yeah 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 about like, like yeah. I would say 8 to 10 years we'll, we'll shift into a different thing where there'll be lots of one thing one genre of thing and, uh, yeah, for, like, a while, there was, like, a whole bunch of fucking fighting movies, boxing movies, which I really liked Rocky. I think from a, from a stand, like, the sport removed, I think the sport is very integral to Rocky as mm. much as it is here. But I don't really find MMA fighting that interesting as much as I find boxing interesting. I feel like there's much more, I wouldn't say, like, strategy to boxing or anything like that, but MMA just has a bit more ferocity and violence to it that i kind of don't really yeah. fully agree with it's just a it's whole a bit, bunch it's a bit much yeah it's really barbaric like people paying lots and lots and lots and lots of money to watch two guys beat the ever-living snot out of each other to like pretty much the point of like they could die like you know they could mm. die in the ring and people unquestionably have died in the ring or what is it they call it? The cage, not the ring. So, mm. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a very brutal sport that I'm not entirely into. So, when I found out it was about that, I was kind of like, I thought it was more about boxing than it was about MMA. But I, I don't know. It's like drawing straw. Um, yeah, drawing straws. What's the, what's the phrase? Um, uh, it's definitely not drawing yeah, straws. Yeah, not drawing straws. But, yeah, you, uh, you get my point. Splitting hairs, Douglas? Splitting hairs, that's it. Thank you. You're, uh, <laughs> drawing straws is where yeah, you're yeah, like- Yeah, it's like the like, shortest one. Work out who's the- yeah, Who's yeah. The, uh, the, the one who gets person the, in the what, group. Jonathan, we drew the short straws and decided oh. to do this fucking podcast. We did we drew the short straw on this movie, Douglas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't enjoy it that much, is my bottom line here. Uh, I yeah. even like sport removed, I still didn't really enjoy it. Like the storyline itself and the way that everything kind of goes, even the performances, I was expecting a lot more out of Tom Hardy, but I really didn't quite feel that connected with him as evidently a lot of people have i thought this was going to rank really poorly on letterbox but fucking everyone loves this movie on letterbox so i'm i feel like i'm kind of in the minority here jonathan but how about you what did you think of warrior this is 
I was so excited when I realized this movie was bad. I got so <laughs> fucking chuffed for a, mul- for a multitude of reasons. There's so much fun stuff about having a crap movie in the 250. Like, first and foremost- Oh, baby, we are going to ruffle some, some feathers this week. It's some variety. We've had, like, three or four, like, wonderful movies in a row. Or like, at least very competent movies yeah. in a row. Mm. And- or maybe even more than that. I think we're definitely really getting to the really consistently good movie patch. And I and I just- The landmark that's films in cinema. I didn't realise how important a crap movie was <laughs> in right the first in the, 50. The bang middle like, of it, yeah. It was so good right in the first 50 because it was just like- It was a real flip of a it was good. coin. Yeah, whether yeah. Or not. Mm. Real coin toss on whether or not the movie would be good or not. And and so there's that at least it's fun criticism, but it's also we get to talk about why a movie like this rates so highly. And I think Letterbox is more resilient against stupid people making dumb reviews, but yeah. it's not completely. Yeah. So which we can say Hachi still rates pretty high, like not anywhere near as high as it does on IMDb, but still rates pretty highly on Letterbox. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, same example. Man, I can't wait for all the messages and emails we're about to receive of, you just didn't understand it. You didn't get the premise. No, I didn't get it. You're right. No, <laughs> this is, it's it's Americans, okay? It is. It is pretty unequivocally key, American, yeah. Three key characters. Down on his luck, dad, church goer, recovering alcoholic, that's less important. But, like, there's that. Mm-hmm. And then the two real key Wasn't ones. Wasn't he a vet as well? Uh, is he a oh, vet? I think everyone is. Yeah. Everyone is these At days. At this point. <laughs> so, whatever. Don't know. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah, whatever. Suburban dad, mm-hmm. down on his luck, cute family, underdog, fighting for to keep his house, to keep his children happy, for his for his students, his you know, and then Iraq vet. Yeah. Americans are just creaming, dude. They're so excited. That, oh my god. That, 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 all the things you need. And I'm feeling like the more we look at it, I feel like you can see a trend. I it's 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 like these fucking people, these fucking war movies that are like so bland and yeah. empty. Like some of them, some of the war movies we've had have been great, but some of them are just like, yeah, we won World War Two, fuck yeah, war, da da da. Yeah, so. And I think that's exactly what's going on here. And it's just not, it's just not, it, it, it amazes me how far down the list it is or high up the list it is. Yeah. In this how case. low it's num- how low its rank is, how high its rank is compared to the other two. Have we, have, we've had two big fighting films before this, right? Uh, Rocky and- Rocky and Million Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Baby. That's it. Thank you. And I'm, I don't think there's been much else. No. No. And the real kicker is, why would you watch this film when you can watch those two? They, you, if you want they do everything the underdog, yeah. heartwarming, in- fun, interesting characters, you go for Rocky. If you want the hard-hitting, emotional bit, you go for Million Dollar Baby. That's not to say that both of those films are perfect as well, by the way. No. Like, there's, there's things wrong with Rocky and with Million Dollar Baby, but as, as I think you're about to say, those are far more enjoyable and competent <laughs> than Warrior. They're just more competent, yeah. They're, I mean, I'm not saying they're not enjoyable, but they're just more competent. And I, I, the, the line is, this film is the worst of both worlds. It tries to do so much. Oh, I'm so glad and- we agree on this. And it's just, and it, it's the 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 fighting isn't fun. The yeah. story is so so like 
it feels deep and it feels emotional. And this will definitely be a post-spoiler thing. But I'm going to rip, rip that fucking thing to shreds because it's one of the- Seriously, <laughs> one of the worst stories we've had so yeah, far. Yeah. It is pure paste. Mm. It is the white sandwich bread of of fucking. It's a bread sandwich of. It's it's fuck. I do it's wonder so whether we were more immersed in the MMA fighting. Oh, actually, no. Of course, we would. If we were more immersed in the MMA fighting industry, we would enjoy it because we enjoy the sport, right? Like, I don't have a, a distinct. I don't have a distinct issue with MMA. I think I think you're right. I think as from a pure moral perspective, it is, you know, it's kind of grosser, but it's- I don't have- a, it, it, it didn't put me off of the movie knowing that, right? Yeah. I was like, okay. And, and even I was sort of like, okay, well, we don't- it's just not a third boxing film, so that's nice. It's just a bit of variety. I wasn't really bothered by that, but I have problems with the fighting as well. Like, the fighting- um, The actual cinematography of it is pretty- Oh, botched. oh my fucking god, dude! It's so bad. Yeah. So I, I guess it's like they put the camera, strap the camera to a beach ball, and then toss it around the crowd. <laughs> yeah, great, great pre-spoiler thing to talk about is the cinematography. There's yeah. a lot going on mm. with that. It's different. It's different, and I, I don't want to hasten to say that it's worse. Mostly, there's some things where I can say like I definitely got a worst ex- worst experience doing it like this. It is very different to, especially the recent films we've had with the way that they're sort of graded and shot, yes, and the way yeah. that things are composed and yep. blocked and all that kind of thing. Um, it's different, and I'm not, I don't, yeah, I don't want to say it's a bad thing, but it wasn't my favorite. There's a really heavy film grain, which I don't think yeah, is a problem. I, that's, that's kind of interesting. And the the weird kind of like brownie, yellowy tinge that kind of washes up, I feel like it's also a very 2010-y kind of energy for color grading. There's extremely heavy color grading, and it changes a lot. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. So, like, it does the brownie yellowy for a lot of the fight stuff, and then it goes, like- It's very blue yeah, when yeah. Tom Hardy is, like, in his little kind of grimier gym. Mm. It's much brighter for uh, Brendan. His whole situation is more of a- Not a flat color grading, but more of a, just a consistent lifelike color grading. Mm. Uh, I think I think I can still complain about that. The way that they jump between color grading quite so strongly is is gives a little bit of whiplash. Yeah, it's, it really smacks you in the face with it. So inconsistent. I, I'm not the biggest fan of that either. And and then yeah, the 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 cinematography just has a huge hard on for like extreme close ups in the fight stuff specifically. Yeah, and hard like quick cuts and things that just make it you you could if used sparingly it would be really good to make a fight feel really tense and chaotic but it's used for everything it's used every single fight is like really like i think it's like cropped zooms or something like it's not the full it doesn't feel like the full frame maybe it's just heavily zoomed could be yeah and just everything's everything's a shaky cam as well yeah, like everything's yeah. in a, the fight everything's yeah. a shoulder cam but even just the whole film, they don't have any- not, not, not that I could catch, except my other gripe, which is all the fucking establishing shots they have to do yeah. to- the. I, I swear to God, so this is a two hour and 20 minute film, which was too long. They probably could have cut 20 minutes if they'd cut all the unnecessary fucking establishing shots, especially in the back half where there's, they're in- I forget. Uh, in the- yeah, at the place where Sparta is set. I, I, I forget which city it is. Every time they go to a new location, they have to do a, a helicopter circle, yeah, like, B-roll to be like, 
we're at the resort now. Yeah. We're back at the arena. We're at the resort now. And I'm like, I know, I understand what I, you could just show me the interior and I'd be able to work it out. We don't need to be doing this. It's, it's, it's all just, it's just odd. It's just odd. And I, I don't think it's entirely bad, but I really was not as into the fights as I wanted to be because of the way that the fights are filmed. And those establishing shots are just so unnecessary. The rest of it is just fine. You know? Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. It's okay. It didn't it didn't really ingratiate itself to me with the cinematography for a story I already wasn't super loving. Yeah. Another thing was casting. I didn't realize like, is that not just me? I didn't realize they were supposed to be brothers until like way because they just don't look similar. Well, I think the whole bit is that they hide it for, like, the longest time and then they kind of drop it, like, midway through the film and then they're like, oh, they're brothers. But then it gets, like, another drop because everyone else within the canon of the film recognises that they're brothers as well and then it's, like, another, like, what's the deal with that? But, yeah, sorry, as far as, like, casting goes, yes, no, they look absolutely nothing alike. But also- Nothing alike. Joel Edgerton, I was like, maybe they cast Joel Edgerton because he was, like, a big dude. But this is, like, way before Joel Edgerton got big in any, like, shape or form. This was Mm. Joel Edgerton in the very much early days of his career. I think this is, like, his first big- leading thing which is a bit of a shame because i do love him as an actor i think he's quite good when you put him in a good role like he's um oh fuck he's the the fella in great gatsby tom buchanan he's fantastic Mm. in gatsby he fits tom buchanan perfectly he plays uh the king dude in the green knight i it's well accredited that i love the green knight and i love everything about that movie so i've i've seen him in good stuff he's a good Aussie actor who can kind of blend and camouflage into a lot of different roles. He's a good chameleon kind of actor. But I just wasn't vibing him here. No. I, I think- He's such I a wet towel. As is Tom Hardy, surprisingly enough. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was the, the most big surprise for thing. me. I, 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 I love Tom Hardy and, and he was just- he, That was definitely like writing. They wanted to- They wanted to build like strong contrast with these characters- but they sort of just, I don't want to dip too hard into, because I'm very close You're to tiptoeing into, into yeah. story stuff. Yep. But he's just, they just kind of made him this little edgelord. Yeah. He's just not fun to watch because he's just nothing. And he doesn't really have an arc to sort of counteract that. He's just, he's just cranky all the time and doesn't want to fucking talk to anyone, which is not great for like sort of the de facto protagonist for the film yeah to just have nothing going on like that it's whenever you think the film can't get more hokey it manages to find a way to get hokier you know like Mm. in in some aspect of either production acting screenplay like it's it manages to find a way to just go even further into the cliched trite same fucking mm. bullshit that gets conjured into every boxing fight movie ever. You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's contributing anything to the conversation that we haven't already seen or imagined before. Like it's, it's nothing new. It sort of feels like, yeah, mass consumption. Not to, if overused you know, cinematic to- tropes were illegal, this film would be given the death penalty. That's that's my, <laughs> that's my hot take. Wee woo wee woo. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And the one that I really I really liked at the start was like, there's the reformed guy, you know, he's coming back from church, he's listening to Moby Dick, he's uh blah blah when blah. When it opened with and him listening like, to Moby Dick, I was like, fuck me, of course he's listening to goddamn <laughs> Moby Dick. Here we go. I wrote a note for this and I don't think I don't think I found anything, but I was like, are they going to put Moby- Like, is there going to be thematic references yeah, to, or yeah, story-wide yeah. references to Moby like, Dick? I don't y- think there will his, be. His fighting name has something to do with Moby Dick, like or like a character no. in a- No. Nothing. Which almost is more disappointing that they didn't yeah, do something Yeah, they didn't, like, cliche, like riff off of it, at the very but they've least. they've got this, you know- they, 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 they want to put all these characters as just, like, you know who- Like, this drug-addicted, like, pill, pilled up- alcoholic guy wearing like the kind of the the four jackets like homeless look and then the <laughs> can't just came drove home from church to, it's just it's so it's so cliche with that yeah. kind of thing and then yeah the the suburban dad and all that kind of thing it was they put him as the obvious fan favorite crowd favorite spoiler cut just there i just fucked something up goodbye Jonathan. Um, what was i saying about what was i saying about joel again i don't know Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and he was sort of- he, he has interesting stuff going on. I think the- yeah, they wanted him to be the fan favourite, and I sort of started rooting against him. I don't know. It, it felt like the filmier thing to do would be to not have that, but whatever. Anyway. It feels like it tries to look at both halves of the equation, right? Like, it's a film mm. that's very obviously like, okay, we've got to look into Tom Hardy's side, and we've got to give him, like, a- Oh, like, I can understand, like, emotionally where he's at and why he would deserve, like, a big win, you know? And then, oh, we got to look into, oh, he's got a mortgage, he's got uh, kids and a wife, and, oh, the stakes might be higher for him than than for Hardy. But it's just, I, I don't care about either of them, though. So I just don't... I, it, nothing that was ever presented felt like I would be like, oh, yeah, like, I... It wasn't relatable, I guess, perhaps. Like, it mm. wasn't- I didn't feel a tangible enough connection to be like, yeah, I get it. I get why you're fighting as hard as you are for what it is. It just didn't feel like there was any concrete motivation and want to anything. I think the motivations were, in theory, fine. I think they were just cliche. Yeah. I think that yeah. was the problem. It's not- it's not, it's not I couldn't relatable. suspend my it's disbelief it's, enough to, it's to get on board It's too relatable. Yeah. Yep. It's too relatable. Yeah. It's just- it's just obvious, so I don't know. Yeah, Douglas, do we want to jump into spoilers? On I've already accidentally like dipped us into spoilers yeah. like three or yeah. four times. I'll just so say, let's- like, it's it's shit. You know, like it's it's kind of unfair that fight films get this big fucking stamp over all of them that are like they're all the same. It's all cliched and it's all fucking it's just the same story rehashed fifteen times over. It's a mm. shame that fight films get that cred. But I think when you have so many films that do tread that same line, it's kind of, it's it's inevitable. So, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm waiting for more films. Um, I, I would like to check out the Creed franchise, just out of, like, curiosity to see what's going on think, over there. I think one or two of them are good. Yeah, but beyond that- I think that, Rocky sort of goes tits up yeah, pretty Yeah, Rocky, like, part quick. three. It's, it's of- just like, what? What the fuck's going on? Um. Mm. But I do not, given my reaction to all of the boxing and fighting <laughs> films in um, the 250s so far, I don't foresee myself getting into this genre, Jonathan. But mm. I do believe our next boxing-related film is 
Martin Scorsese's Raging Bull. Oh, starring Robert yep. De Niro. So I think that that is one that I will be more happy to get behind, purely from a director and a starring Raging and Bull. all that. So when did standpoint. Rocky come out? For comparison's sake. Oh, Rocky came out before Raging Bull. Sure did. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, I think that'll be the next interesting- That is our next boxing film. Like, that's our next boxing-centric film. Mm. So, it's amazing how many of them are in the 250, just from a, like, from a genre standpoint. You know, there's 250 films in this goddamn thing, and within what I can see right now, at the very least, there might be, like, one or two more- there's four of them. That's mm. kind of fucked. That's quite a bit. Yeah. I think it's- And I think with the last two ones we've had, it's made total sense. And if Raging Bull sort of plays its own particular unique feeling story, then awesome. Hell yeah. Let's go for it. But it just- It felt like the feel-good underdog thing that's so classic with this was just weak and, and didn't feel deserved. And it felt like the emotional core- of this film was weak and didn't feel deserved. I'm going to get into them directly after our little spoiler sirens. Obviously, we're going to do a boxing bell for this one, Douglas. I think we've done it for the last oh, two boxing no, films. no, I was going to do, um... Uh... <laughs> Warriors come out to play! <laughs> All right, and we'll just say that you did it there and I can jump straight into Great, it. Great, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. We're, we're yeah, no, I don't, I don't recommend it's this spoilers film. spoilers now and neither spoiler, Jonathan or I recommend time. this film. So, yeah. That's don't the- watch this movie. Just watch if watch, watch Rocky if you want it to be fun and watch Million, Million Dollar, Dollar Baby, Baby if you want, want it to be deep. Yeah, yeah. If you want a bit more of a somber time. The dark past as a basis for relationships in movies is so fucking- I really don't jive it. <laughs> Because it's just not as fun. You're sort of discovering a relationship after it's happened. But in this case, it was- It didn't feel like you were discovering everything. You would have things like people would get in fights and it would just feel like people were being mad to each other because you didn't understand what was going on between them well enough. And it was just- Vagueness was my big problem with the relationships between the characters in this film. It was just vagueness. They would do things like- the lines I had is, you know, people going like, oh, the shit that you pulled way back then. Or like the uh, potentially the worst line in the movie from Tom Hardy, yeah. once again, breaks my heart. Where he goes, breaks my were you Hardy. in the core? N- no, you're no brother to me. And it's like, are you- f- shut the fuck up. <laughs> I meant to say this before the spoilers, uh, but I- Americans, Americans, we have military in Australia. It's just a job. Yeah. It's not- they're not these fucking demigods. They're just people with a job. This- it's like we shouldn't be idolizing- Uh, He's got P- the man's got PTSD. (laughs) He's got so much fucked up because he went- because he was working in the Marines. And they're just like, yeah, fuck yeah, he's a war hero. Perfect stab in the knife from last week- uh, stab in the, the dick. To to that from last week's film, No Country for Old Men, the bit where Josh Brolin rolls up to the the um mm. the the booth, the border booth, and he's like, uh, "You a vet?" And he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> all right, premium escort him in." <laughs> yeah, let's Wait, let's bring this man it's home. A bit. 
Because it's a bit Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. yeah. It's commentary on like, that whole... Yeah, yeah. USA! USA! It's so... It, it just... Anyway, so... And the film is just awash with vagueness. Yes. And using that to make things feel deep by implying a deep relationship going on. And implying really that there telling- are more given circumstances there than probably what there actually are. Like, it's it's all good yeah. to have given circumstances and stuff like that there, but don't fucking ghost and alienate your audience out of it and just be like, uh, character says, yeah, like, you weren't there, man, or like, you don't know what happened, and then not evaluate mm. on it in any way. Mm. Like, just completely drop it. It's like, yeah, th- 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 this, this man has been mentally and emotionally scarred from his experiences, and the film never really- I mean, it sort of- it sort of goes like- and, and, and it all culminates with this ending where he's like, I love you, bro, and that's when he gives up, that's when he taps out, which is like the- the wimpiest- Yeah feeling it doesn't feel earned at all i get how the ending i well actually no i don't get because all of the like the cutaway shots from the actual fight are people who are rooting for brendan so like Mm. i don't understand the like there are people who are like i don't i didn't know who was gonna win by the end of it i just i i (laughs) couldn't i was stunned when brendan ended up winning i of course brendan was gonna win there are all these cutaways of people who are supporting him being like, yeah, Brendan, and then whenever Tom Hardy gets the fucking whacked out on him, everyone's like, nah, oh, of course, fucking, <laughs> with all of that, you know, sound, of course Brendan's going to win. I really wanted Tommy to win Pe- people and give the money this, away. People or- have given this film half a star on Letterboxd purely because Brendan won. <laughs> like, it just doesn't, from, it just feels, it just feels obvious. It, it, it doesn't, you, you have such a, an easy way to create more depth between these characters by having Tommy win and then decide to do whatever, With, you know, buy yeah. his house for him or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Which which is, it's an easy extra layer on what was already given. And they sort of just went, he, he just turns into like this crazy guy by the end of the film where he's just like so angry and it's like, why is Tommy angry at Brendan? I, it's never, I, I never understand it. And I think it's supposed to be this thing. It's one of two things. He's either literally f- fucked in the head <laughs> from his experiences in Iraq, like, or he does hold this weird grudge against his brother for yeah. not going into the military and being a teacher instead, because mm. being a teacher is, Oh, you know, that's- That's the worst need, kind of job you can- We really need less teachers. Yeah. I've always said this, Douglas. We need more people shooting brown people- more people in the war! teaching the next- Ah, oh, fuck, man. Sign it's, up at your local barracks. Oh, my fucking God. And so, yeah, it-, it, it you, I think maybe that's one of the key issues, is that- Is that Tommy is such, like, a flat cardboard cutout of a character who just hates everyone, is mad at everyone all the time- doesn't want to open up, and then, like, they call his final tapping out because his brother said he loves him. It, it's almost- I, I feel like the general structure of that, with that relationship, needs to sort of follow the two-act structure- three-act structure thing where you sort of, like, 
it starts to like their relationship looks like it's going to get bad and then some uh, better and then something happens and it drops off again and then you can kind of loop back to that with the conclusion where it's if if there'd been some interplay between Tommy and Brendan that wasn't just completely antagonistic mm. start to go like oh maybe yeah yeah this is happening this is happening and then something happens that that brings it back to the ground floor of like them still being shitty at each other and then him having this realization that I don't know, family is more important right at the end, something like that. But it just doesn't. It just doesn't really happen. It just sort of he's standoffish all out. the time. Yeah, yeah. And then he's just like, "I love you, bro. I oh, love you, man. Tap out. I've no, changed. I've loved I've you this whole time, own. bro." It's uh, it, yeah. Um, <laughs> I can feel the anyway. migraine you're getting from here, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> What else do we have? Nick Nolte doing one of the worst uh, drunk Mi- person oh, performances I've ever seen. Nick Nolte got a seen. fucking nomination for this. I was like, are you insane? He literally mumbled and go- went- His voice is so- Is that what his voice is normally like? Uh, that's what he's hired for, basically. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's so- It's really hard. And that ties back in. We'll get back to the shit drunk performance. Maybe we won't. Whatever. It's kind of self-explanatory. The volume range. Actually, wait. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Him with it. Him with it. Nick Nolte, Jeff Bridges light. He's he's a a shitter Jeff Bridges. He's a shitter Jeff Bridges. I mean, Nick Nick Nolte is in Tropic Thunder, so I'll give him that. He plays very well. But he's a a stereotype, hyperinflated stereotype of himself in Tropic Thunder. Mm. So I guess that's, you know, it's hard to fuck that one up. But shitter Jeff Bridges. That's my boom, slam dunk on Nick Nolte. (laughs) Not that I think Jeff Bridges would work in this particular role. No, absolutely not. No, it's. Uh, I don't think he's grizzled enough. Yeah. Oh, maybe. He maybe. could. He could mumble his way through this role and get a fucking Academy nomination as well. It's just too. It's literally just mechanically the amount that he fucking gravel mumbles. It just makes him really fucking hard to hear. Yeah. And it's just a problem. But yeah. Um. Volume range, dynamic range. Does that count as dynamic range, or is it just range? Just really right. loud shit, and then the quietest. It's like it's the it's the um, Chris Nolan. It's a Nolan. Ah, uh, yeah, a Nolan volume range. Yes, yeah. And Nolan's got other issues with it, and and with Nolan, a lot of them sort of feel artistic, and you can sort of go like, I kind of get that. But and they're action movies generally as well. But there's just so I had to keep fucking turning the volume up and down because if yeah. I left it and, on, and even Tom my, Hardy, my windows were blown. Tom Hardy will fucking yeah. do a mumble line every here and there mm. and go ring him room room, and then you get Nick and Nick Nolte and Tom Hardy in the same scene, both looking at each other, going. <laughs> 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 it, it's it's and that's more of a. But I, I think I think I'm allowed to make that complaint. That yeah. The, you can shit. It would have been interesting to see this in theaters. Yeah, well, in theaters, that kind of stuff you can get away with you it because you're not a danger. Well yeah. You're not a danger at getting the fucking cops called on you because you're being too loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's yeah. With no noise um, complaint. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let me check my. I'm going to skim my notes. Let me just check if there's anything in here. Anything else in here? I talked to Jonathan before we started recording the podcast, and I said, "John, I don't know how much I've got to say about this film because I just really didn't like it, and I, you know, that I feel like the things that I don't like about it are pretty kind of upfront. You know, like it's it shouldn't be too hard for me to argue the case on why I don't like these things." Jonathan then goes. 
don't worry, buddy. I've got you covered. And proceeds to show me his notebook full of insane scrawlings. But now we're having an intermission because Jonathan has suddenly backed himself into a corner. No, and I he's getting myself into a corner. He's getting I've so lost. He's getting so irate no, that he's losing his go, thoughts. My notes are yeah, my notes are so scrawly that I don't know what I've actually gone <laughs> over or not. Uh, uh, no, so so to answer the question before, yes. no Moby Dick, anything. Yeah, no. That Moby would Dick. be like a little bit. It would be a little bit cute. If they'd done that, would've that would have been nice. Been... Like, even at the end or something, like uh, in the final fight, like yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I maybe I have gone over all my fucking notes that I maybe I do just have everything that I hate down here. Hey, what about soundtrack? Um, did you hate the soundtrack gonna, as much as I did? Gonna be honest, don't recall anything from the soundtrack in this movie. Well, um, well, I guess that means that you know you didn't really hate it all, love it, but well, not necessarily. <laughs> It, it struck me as very manipulative, especially in the final mm. scene where he's carrying Tom Hardy away and oh, yeah, everything yeah, like yeah. that. It was very, like, it felt like it was trying to do the A24 thing. The score felt like it was trying to go for the A24 moment, but yeah, it did not hit that mark for me. I was just like, oh my God, just get the fuck out of here, you two punch drunk bros. And I was thinking, and this is also like a very particular c- complaint, but that- the final fight between the two of them, that had opened with no music. That would have been excellent. That would have really like hammered down the importance of this. It would it would make it feel more real. Yeah, by more just grandiose. Being yeah, just what's happening in the scene. That that's just not there. It was. It's like they've sort of just taken the the cheap, obvious route with so much stuff in there. I. Okay, so it's interesting. The more the more and more I'm thinking about this, the only reason you will go out of your way to watch this film now, because it's not in the cinema, like, it's not in cinemas. It's not screening anywhere now. The only mm. reason you will go out of your way to watch this film is if you are into UFC fighting, right? Like, or, or if you're into boxing, MMA, if you're into that whole circuit, you will watch this film. But if you're not, and you're like us, chuckle nuts... We are mm. essentially being forced to watch this film, so we're naturally <laughs> going to have will. we're we're going to have a bit more of an adverse reaction to it, right? Like it makes sense, I think. Mm. Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess. Like, I didn't have, I just didn't have that problem, but I just really, I don't know. This is no suspense, you know, you, you, nothing, especially no, in the just, end. And of it, just there's weak. no suspense. The whole thing just felt weak the whole way through, like. I, the story, the story just did not feel deserved. That's that's the real yeah. stinker with it. You, you, there's no growth with Tom Hardy's character. The win doesn't feel deserved. Why this is it? God, okay. I've just got back onto this on the fucking soundtrack. Whatever <laughs> dickhead thought it would be clever to have the Beethoven the- bit. The Beethoven ring, you <laughs> oh, knew it. <laughs> oh, it's so dull. I like the Beethoven bit for the character. That's one sure, of the yeah, yeah, more important things. That's a good, things. yeah. Yeah, go for it. Pizza time. <laughs> Pizza time. Uh, we interrupt this uh, scheduled program. This is uh, going to be a very stark cut from what we were just talking about. Uh, the Beethoven bit is stupid. I do just want to say that outright. It's pizza time. So, a brief intermission for pizza. I wish we had pizza. I would have loved some pizza. I wonder what they got. Does he get seafood on, on one of them? It looks like seafood. I can't tell from here. He's grabbing himself a slice. 
Oh, that's a couple. Is that a couple? Oh, you cheeky fuck. All right, we return to your regularly scheduled program. I'm going to have to deal with pizza sitting here when we finish the fucking episode. This the is. smell. The stench. <laughs> what's the line? What's the um? What's the Matrix line, mate? The Matrix line. I was thinking of uh, the- um. It's the s- smell, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Anderson. Oh, oh, wait. Here's the line. Here's the line. I hate this place. This zoo. This prison. This reality. Whatever you want to call it. I can't stand it any longer. <laughs> it's the smell. If there is such a thing, I feel saturated by <laughs> if we get fucking if we get hugo weaving on the podcast i'm get- absolutely gonna play that bit here. <laughs> oh god uh, sorry i got distracted with beethoven there and this sound it's it the soundtrack's f- whatever it's fine whatever the beethoven remix can and, and yeah that's what i'm saying I I did like the the concept of a Beethoven melody being like, woven in. Just just this guy who's like he's a trainer and he uses oh, right. classical music. To, like that's interesting. Yeah. That's fun, and that's one of the only interesting and fun things that happen. Wait, did I say that? No. The fact that there's it's the okay, so it's the twelve best MMA fighters in the world, and three of them are from Pittsburgh, and two of them are related. Are you joking? <laughs> Yeah, like it just it. It's the it's biggest the MMA sh- thing in the fucking universe, and somehow these two drop kicks managed to get it. It just doesn't track. Yeah, it just doesn't track. And especially when Brendan's you- been like not in the game for for very long, and then he just like, no, what he's in it. He just brought himself back up to speed in however long that was. Yeah, uh, yeah. Quick little training montage, so- and then what? He's away. So wait a minute. I don't think he's in. I think they were in Atlantic City. I think because Pittsburgh is in Pennsylvania. Yep. Because they were on the coast. Or maybe it's not Atlantic City. Mm. It's kind of hard to tell. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but you could just say the best MMA fighters in the state. Yeah. Whatever. And, they, and they're like, you could you could argue maybe the stakes need to be, you need high need stakes to be for it to make sense. More, for, mm. But it's like, he doesn't need $5 million. He yeah. needs half a million dollars to buy his house back, you know. That's all it is. So, I just, yeah, I, whatever. Whatever. No, it was- And and then there's this whole deal about the Russian fighter who sort of isn't a big- Like, he- I guess he- the, Actually, you know what? That was played as, like, a very big fight, and it was filmed so poorly that I only just realized that it is, pl- like, played as a big fight. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't claim it. <laughs> no. This is- This movie sucks. This- It just- It just doesn't- Everything that it aims to do, it doesn't do a good enough job of it for it to be convincing. Yeah. You've got- Everyone's a cartoon character. Nothing is- Everyone's a cartoon character falling into every single cliche that they could possibly fall yeah. into. Anyway, whatever. Um, I'm just probably going in circles now, yeah. so- Yeah, yeah. <sighs> what else do we have to talk about? We've done so much already. There are- We've been Soundtrack. talking for like 40 minutes. Yeah. It's fine. You're right. Douglas, you were correct. I had plenty to talk about. <laughs> But only enough to fill the forty minutes. <laughs> that's it. Because that's, that's fine. I, Fuck I this movie. The, let's let's not give I think it the with time a good of movie, day. You can you can talk about things that inspired you and yeah. things that were interesting yeah. and and little quirks that you thought were interesting or even problems with a good movie. Where Isn't that intriguing? That we usually with a movie that is better, we find more thing or we enjoy more. Not better. I mean, it's subjective. Mm. Movies that we enjoy more, we are we talk about more, and movies that we don't like, we're kind of like, uh, well, 
those are the things we don't like and we we're not about to change the our opinions on that and then we just that's it that's the time of day fuck off you know yeah yeah whatever dang fuck this movie yeah douglas do you have any trivia about yeah sure i've got some warrior 2011 i got a couple interesting days for you Anthony Tembarkus and Gavin O'Connor selected the song About Today by The National to close the movie before writing the final scene. The scene was written with the song playing on a continual loop at O'Connor's house while the writers worked. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Whoa. Fucking O'Connor's like got all of the writers penned up in one room with a stereo just with this song on repeat and they're like, man, I could, I could really listen to like some... James Brown or something and O'Connor like <laughs> kicks in the door to the fucking room and he's like no <laughs> what a great way the to national. ruin ruin the song for yourself yeah yeah I bet they could that never listen not. to that song again no and also like I, I mean from a you just be like alright guys we gotta phone it in we gotta get this <laughs> fucking ending done so that we can get out of this fucking hellhole of a room <laughs> like from a dancer's perspective, or like a a performer's perspective, you've got to listen to the song multiple times to you know, get a handle on like all the layers of the song. Mm. But from a writer's perspective, I feel like, yeah, that would just make me go insane. I would just go like, I can't, would you shut the fuck up? I've heard this same song 15 times. Ugh, yeah. Are you, you're not listening to the song on a loop when you're doing dance stuff, though, are you? No, like, you're when like, you're- when You're like, pausing. When you're choreographing, I'd like, or if I'm like- thinking about choreographing to something i will listen to it on a loop for like a day and then Mm. i'll choreograph to it and that'll be like uh play pause play pause play pause but yeah when i'm thinking about it i've yeah i've got it on loop for like a whole two three days Mm. which you would think would burn me out of the song and sometimes it does (laughs) (laughs) and then you gotta write it and then you gotta write a choreo yeah yeah and then i gotta go fuck god damn it i hate this song now but i've listened to it this many times i know the fucking song inside out i better fucking do something with it joel edgerton tore his mcl in the cage during production halting fight scenes for six weeks Joel Edgerton probably wasn't very trained to do the stunts that he was required to do. Tom Hardy suffered a broken toe, broken ribs, and a broken finger. Far out. And that's, like, it wasn't even real fighting. (laughs) That's the thing. I'm like, fuck, did did they just get that into their role? That they just decided to fucking just go so hair with it like just devil may ham, care yeah. i don't know they, they tom hardy especially strikes me as the actor who would mm. do that so here's the difference though tom hardy was like shredded yeah whereas yeah. joel edgerton was just big he's kind right? of yeah you saw it t- tom hardy's <laughs> neck oh my god holy shit it's wide yeah 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 it's like a loaf of bread lengthwise mm-hmm. it's a bloody subway sandwich across his shoulders <laughs> so yeah yeah Woo-hoo. that's a foot long sub with some meatballs uh the role of patty was written for nick nolte by anthony tambacus and gavin o'connor who are neighbors with the actor in malibu the studio was resistant to casting nolte but the writers held firm and nolte's portrayal has won him Global critical praise. <laughs> yeah, we're we didn't writing. talk about the drunk scene. Yeah, how dumb yeah. was that? It was it was so bad. I mean, I, I guess there's not much more to say about it. But he's like, "Get out! You gotta get off the ship. You gotta. We're all gonna drown on the ship yeah. because I've fallen into. I've drunk eight different times of liquor, and now I'm <laughs> I'm in the Moby Dick world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm now in Moby Dick." When the announcer is quoting Kobe's credentials, he states that he is an Olympic gold medalist in wrestling. 
Kurt Angle, the actor playing Koba, won a gold medal in the 1996 Olympics in the 100-kilogram weight class for freestyle wrestling. He was also oh. a world champion in the same style and weight class in 1995. Wow. That's okay. pretty cool. Good for you, Kurt. Why do they need Why do they need an Olympic guy to play a role like that? Oh, well, they, they, they do that shit all the time. That's like a fucking... That's like a kiss on the cheek to fucking UFC, MMA fighter people. Mm. They love that shit. Okay, fair enough. They're like, oh, you get it. You get me. (laughs) On the first day of shooting, the crew gave Nick Nolte a standing ovation after the first take of a scene shot at a local diner. The scene was later cut, but appears as a DVD extra. And if that isn't a perfect, um, you know, balance, I don't know what is. Here's a thought. I think out of the big three... I think Joel Edgerton's performance was the best. Yeah. I think he has more going on. I think it's I think it's definitely also because of scripting. He has yeah. a much much more interesting he's written much more interestingly. But I don't I think his perform I think his performance is better than Nick Nolte's. I said just sort of no, 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 his performance is better than Nick Nolte's. Sorry, Nick. No. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Nick, I've got to toss you under the bus a bit. Tom, yeah. Tom Tom Hardy is completely hamstrung by the script, so it's kind of hard to judge yeah. how good his performance was, but mm. Uh, Brian Callan's MMA commentator character is heavily based on Joe Rogan. Uh, Callan and Rogan are actually good friends in real life. I bet that uh, <laughs> probably hasn't aged very well. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. Not not a good. Uh, it's not good to be friends with Joe Rogan at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, not the best time to have ties with a gentleman. Brothers, a Bollywood movie, is a direct remake of this movie, and it became a blockbuster in India. I wonder if it's better. Uh, The bar is quite low. I do wonder. It has a 6.6 on IMDb. Um, That's a shame. (laughs) Yeah. Bit of a bummer. Brothers, brothers. Brothers, 2016? 2015. uh, Just like having a glance over the trailer, it looks like dead on. Like it's very much uh, scene for scene. But with that These extra, with look, that extra oh Bollywood my, flair, you know what I mean. Look at look at Indian uh, Tom Hardy. Holy fuck! Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, I don't know. It looks a little bit more gnarly. They they look more related to me as well. I yeah, don't know. that's true. Yeah, they look more like brothers. It turned blood against blood. Oh man, I love- but Bollywood know how to do showmanship. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Ah. God. It also looks like the cinematography looks so much better for the fights because they've got these nice wide shots it's, where you yeah. can tell what the fuck is happening. Yeah. And the cage actually looks kind of cool. Like, it looks more like- I think it's fine the way that it's depicted in this one. It's kind of just, like, grimy and nasty and, like, that's okay. Yeah. Like, like that's a choice. Sort of that way, fuck you. But- <laughs> Co-writers Anthony Tambakis and Gavin O'Connor were introduced by comedian Brian Callan, who plays himself in the movie alongside writer Sam Sheridan. Callan dated director Patty Jenkins for nine years, and she is now married to Sheridan. Huh. Okay, yeah, that's a- there's a- there's a whole- There's a big old fucking- wh- wh- That's, that's, a, that's a better family from- story than, uh- <laughs> what goes on in the film. Mm. <laughs> um, and that's really it. No, there's nothing else really of any interesting note here in the trivias. It's, uh, fucking whatever. There's- there's genuinely more stuff about Kurt Angle than there is about anyone in the fucking movie, which I think <laughs> is- mm, oh, That's- Bliss. <laughs> Uh, whatever. Um, if you enjoyed this episode of the 250 podcast, we do them every I week. I bet they didn't. I guarantee they didn't, Jonathan. Well, 
Yeah, maybe. Um, every week, every Tuesday midnight, Australian Eastern Standard Time, which comes out to Monday afternoons in Europe and Monday mornings in America. Douglas, where can people go if they want more info about the podcast? If you want more info about the podcast, you can go to 250.com. That's T-W-O-F-I-V-E-O-H.com. We have a very nice, neat uh, list of all the films there on uh, 250.com, as well as a couple of linky-doos to actually listen to the podcast, have a look at the list that we took back in um, January of 2020, and see what films are on that snapshot that we took if you want to look ahead. The list is on the website, Douglas. They don't have to do that. They don't have to click anywhere. They just have to go to the website. and that's right. go straight to the website. Oh, it's right there for them. There's like Douglas a- is using his old script. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, old script. It's in my head. I just, I riff. Exactly, your I old riff mental script. for three minutes off the shit that's in my head and then it works. But, uh, uh, but now that Jonathan's been a fancy boy and he's made the- Fucking fix, made the, fix website, the website. Made the website look all fancy now. I don't know what the fuck's going on. There's like I don't know. There's like the IMDb rankings there, and there's like a link to listen to the podcast, and then there's like Instagram and like oh, there's one to email us as well. Um, you can uh, mm. there's a link to if you wanted to send us criticisms on our yeah 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 our takes on Warrior. You can head straight to two five zero dot com and email us there, baby. Douglas and I both use Letterbox, which is a movie tracking and reviewing website that we're great big fans of. My account on Letterboxd is Upa, that is U U U P A H and Douglas. My account is Ienzo Knight, I E N Z O K N I G H T Ienzo Knight. You can look up Upa, Ienzo Knight or two five zero in the Letterbox search engine and you will find us. We do written reviews of all the films that we talked about here on the 250 as well as anything else that we've watched in our spare time i went out and watched the batman baby what, uh, 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 i want uh uh get wait what's he say what's the joker say get me the batman what's he say <laughs> he says i'm the joker baby i'm the joker baby um it's it's great i love it uh i i mm. think there are going to be a lot of people that don't like it i'll be interested to see what your takes will be on it john but Michael Giacchino just blows it out of the fucking water. I I did watch it in 4D, which is where I'm not sure for those of the podcast that don't know what 4D is. It's the thing in Australian cinemas where the seats rock and like there's little things in the in. Wait, the- sorry, you watched in 4D? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, my my girlfriend booked the tickets and was like, "Let's watch it in 4D," and I was like. I don't know if you want to watch a three-hour-long movie in 4D as, like, your first experience, but okay. Um, I loved it. I thought 4D, like, because you you feel Michael Giacchino's strings vibrate in your butt, and I think that that's all I really wanted from 4D, honestly. (laughs) Like, it's any time Michael Giacchino did anything really cool with the score, your butt would Mm. vibrate, and I was like, this is a (laughs) really subtle touch that someone went all the way through the movie and they stuck to it. They went in with an intent and they nailed it. Also, whenever it's an exterior shot, because it's always raining in Gotham, it would all, like, they'd turn on the fans and fucking heaps of mist and stuff would come out. And, like, I was very cold by the end of the film. (laughs) But no, it's- it's That's your review. Bring a jacket. Yeah, bring a jacket. If you're watching it in 4D, bring a jacket. I, I definitely need to watch it out of 4D as well, but it was sick. Like, as far as, like, what Robert Pattinson does with, with Bruce Wayne is fantastic. I like what he brings to both aspects, the Batman aspect and the Bruce Wayne aspect. He does a very interesting Bruce Wayne that I don't want to spoil because it is still relatively recent in the, the cinema landscape. I'm not going to talk too much about it. Colin Farrell is really good. 
He fucking oh. camouflages into the penguin. Um, Love me some Colin. He's good man. Really, really good man. He seems like he's having a lot of fun. And the bat suit looks really, really good on Pattinson. I like what they've, how they've designed the suit for Robert Pattinson. Mm. It really does complement his <laughs> his physique. His, uh, his uh, the the, the aura the aura that he wants to bring to Batman and the aura that mm. Reeves wants to bring to Batman, which I would say is one of the more like fearful and almost like borderline horror kind of aspects to Batman, which is really fun. Paul Dano does what Paul Dano does best. He's fantastic as the Riddler. My only real complaint is Zoe Kravitz kind of gets it a bit raw, I think. Lots of people are like, oh my god, Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson, they're so gorgeous, their chemistry is amazing. Shut the fuck up. No, it's not. (laughs) Zoe Kravitz gets bumfuck all to do in the role of Catwoman, and it's really upsetting because she's really cool. And that they could have done a lot with Catwoman, but they don't really, which I think is a shame. Um, she always felt like she was kind of more in service of Batman than anything else, which is right. a, a very lame way to have your only female presence in the film uh, used. Uh, my girlfriend described it as a very male gaze film, but not in the way that Zoe Kravitz zipping herself up into a tight-ass leather suit male gaze, but male gaze, Robert Pattinson, Batman driving around in the Batmobile, things blowing up. Uh, lots yeah. of hardcore fight sequences, uh, relatively yucky, kind of horrific things. Lots of violence. It's it's that kind of male gaze, which I would just to some degree that's fine. Yeah, mm. it's it's just um you know very bombastic action film. That's yeah, not really a big deal. Yeah, and it's it's borderline camp. It's so borderline camp. Like it's so mm. dreary and edgy that like it it tiptoes that line towards being camp, which I love. That's it's fucking, mm. That's all I've ever wanted from Batman, really, is for, for someone to really see how far they can push that emo, dreary, edgy mark with it still being, you know, palatable. And, yeah, Reeves and Pattinson do it to a T. When I fucking heard, what is it, that one Nirvana song, Something in the Way, I think it's called, when that track comes on, oh baby, I was like, we're in for a good time here tonight. Let's go. <laughs> the pants are off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and it's, it's also, I'm going to toot my own horn here, but the review that I put up on Letterboxd is my most liked review out of all the reviews I've ever done. So, <laughs> how many did you get, Douglas? I got seven. <laughs> oh, good for you. Thanks. That's How about A-OK. you, Jonathan? Did you watch anything in your spare time? I've watched Zippity Doodle. I'm probably gonna Zippity Day. after this watch Disney's Turning Red. Ah, yes. Yesterday, you do have the Red Panda yes. as your profile, so you are uh, your profile picture. So you a, are legally a red panda obligated sitting up here on top of my, on top of my monitor right now. Mm-hmm. You are legally Wait. obligated to watch it. Jonathan it is, is now showing guy. me the Red Panda to make sure that here you go, audience. Check I- this out. <laughs> I know that you can see that. I, yeah, but I haven't watched anything. Yeah. Did you end up finishing Macbeth? No, no, I haven't. I'm aware of what Douglas said he would finish watching because I just finished editing last week's Damn episode. It, shit. And you are like, I haven't, I haven't finished this, haven't finished that, haven't finished this. And I'm like, you only, and you, I think you said you had like two or three to finish and you had to watch the Batman. And then all you ended up watching was, was the Batman. Was the Batman. Yeah. All right. Douglas, you Way to come please. at me. I'll, I'll watch, I'll watch them all. Tomorrow, maybe. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Do whatever. I'm not fussed. 
Uh, well, I guess that's it then for for two fifty o. And I bet no one listened mm. past like the half hour mark because they just knew that we just no don't Douglas. like the warrior. No, Douglas. Okay, I think this film. I truly believe that this film has such a an American audience, but we don't. We have an American audience, but it's not all that we've got going on. So I think probably Americans will get that's snooty true. about it because they're like, "What do you mean you don't respect our troops?" But what do you mean you don't respect America? Uh, but. I, I hope. If you're still here, we love you. Yeah, good on you. Thank you so much for listening to the end. Um, remember that this movie sucks and don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Boy! Alright, see you later. Peace. That's it. Bye. <laughs> wow. Good, good last minute dunk. <laughs>